Matthew chapter 23. Isn't it good to be saved? Man, I, I so love to see uh, young people get involved in what's happening. Uh, if they don't, we're going to die one day. And so we need somebody taking our place. Amen. So that was a blessing. That was a blessing. Matthew chapter number 23. Uh, uh, we are going to look at a topic today. Uh, I was on a plane this week and, and talking to a gentleman from Georgia and uh, Savannah, Georgia. We were flying back and, and, uh, and we, we got to talking about religion and church. And, and uh, he mentioned something that's, a, it's a, 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 something that's mentioned fairly often when it comes to any time you talk about church or Christians that, you know, that, that, that many Christians are hypocrites. And I said, you're right. I'm not going to argue that fact. Uh, and he said he, he wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't real fond of organized religion. I said, well, I don't really like disorganized religion. Amen. But Jesus had an issue with a, a group of religious people too. And, and we're going to see this. This is the last sermon that Jesus preached on earth before he was crucified. The last sermon, and it's a scathing sermon. It's, it's, it's a hellfire and brimstone sermon. He, he, it's basically in two parts. Today we're going to try to cover the first part. He, he, he deals with uh, the, the, the crowd that's here and the disciples, and then he has the scribes and the Pharisees here. In the first part, he deals with the, the, the crowd and the disciples. And then the second part, he deals with the scribes and the Pharisees, the hypocrites. And, and basically, in the first part, he's saying, you guys don't be like them guys. And then in the second part, he's going to explain to them how ignorant they are and how cursed they are, if you will say amen right there. So we're going to talk about the first section today and try to get finished with that. Matthew 23 and verse number one. If you're there, say amen. I'm trying to get my composure. Amen. Here we go. Verse one. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their, their works. For they say and do not. They say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be what? Seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the uppermost rooms at the feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues. And greetings in the markets and to be called of men, rabbi, rabbi. But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ. And all ye are brethren. In other words, Jesus saying you're all on the same level. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. I don't know how the Catholics get around that verse. Neither be ye called master, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your what? And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that humble himself shall be what? Exalted. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for your mercy, your kindness. I'm thankful for your spirit in this place. 
Oh, I love being in this place. I love hearing your word. I love hearing the, the songs. I love the worship. I love the people. I love what you're doing here. I love what you're doing in Fairview. Lord, I thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be here. Lord, I know I don't deserve it, but I sure desire it. And I don't deserve that love that, that you were, were saying, we were singing about. I don't deserve your anointing and I don't deserve the unction from God, but I need it. And I pray that you'll help me today. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me, Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. And God will praise you and thank you and give you glory and honor and praise for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. In order to understand what we're going to be talking about today in a a better way, thank you, sir, uh, in in a better way, let me do a little background, uh, just a little bit of information to give you so you know who we're talking about. When we're talking about scribes, when we're talking about Pharisees, when we're talking about these religious uh, imposters, the word counterfeit is at the top of your notes, counterfeit. Uh, I put a definition, I put a definition on mine, you didn't get it because I put it in late, but the word counterfeit means a fraudulent imitation of something else, a forgery, a fraudulent imitation of something else, a forgery. The people we're talking about were very, very religious. They were the religious elite of that day. But Jesus calls them later in this chapter, they are hypocrites. Hypocrites, they're fraud. They are a counterfeit, if you will. And and, and, and the word hypocrite means one who wears a mask. One who wears a mask. They have a facade on the outside, but the inside doesn't match the... They look really good on the outside. They look, uh, they look really spiritual on the outside. They, they, they look really holy and godly on the outside, but the inside full of corruption and wickedness. They're counterfeits. And Jesus is speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to his disciples, basically explaining to them and telling them, don't be like them. Don't be like them. And then he, then he begins to describe how they are. The scribes, who were the scribes? The scribes were an ancient a group of Jewish uh, uh, people who would write down the law. An ancient Jewish saying held that God gave the law to the angels. The angels gave it to Moses. Moses gave it to Joshua. Joshua gave it to the elders. The elders gave it to the prophets. And the prophets gave it to the men who uh, of the synagogues were later called scribes. Over the course of the years, those synagogue scribes became responsible for not only copying and preserving, but also teaching and interpreting God's law. There were no more prophets after the exile, and the scribes inherited the primary role of spiritual leadership in Israel. Now, we know the temple was there in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount, but in all the villages and all the places around In all of the cities, there were synagogues. They were like mini temples, if you will, or church buildings. There were synagogues for people to come and to hear and to learn and to be taught the word of God. If you're with me, say amen. And in all of these synagogues, there were people called scribes. The scribes would write down and copy down all of the law that God had given. They were responsible for writing it, copying it, preserving it, passing it down, 
teaching and, and interpreting it. If that makes sense, say amen. That was the scribes. Ezra was a scribe. Now, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, who were they? Although the precise origin of the Pharisees is unknown, they appeared sometime before the middle of the second century BC, numbering perhaps as many as 6,000. Many of them were also scribes, authorities in Jewish law, both scriptural and traditional. There's a key. There's a key. Both scriptural and Come on, everybody, y'all get with me. Y'all know y'all got to get with me or I'm going to go slow. All right, here we go. They were experts in the the law scripturally and traditionally. Now, that's important to know. That's important to know. They had the scriptures and they had their traditions. And the biggest problem that they had is that they revered their traditions more than the scripture. When Jesus came, he never broke the scripture. He completely fulfilled and obeyed 100,000% the scripture, but he broke their traditions all the time. And may I say on purpose. And it would just, it would just tear them to pieces. They would get so angry because they revered their tradition so much. Now, The Pharisees were by far the dominant religious group in Israel in Jesus' day and the most popular with the masses. The other major party, the Sadducees, were largely in charge of the temple. But their driving concern was not for religion but for money and power. Nothing's changed in time. Nothing's changed in time. As their name suggests, the Herodians. So we've talked about the scribes, the Pharisees, now the Sadducees. There was a group called the Herodians. They were a political party loyal to the Herod family. Then we have the Essens, the Essens. You won't find these in the Bible, but they were prevalent there in in Israel around the Dead Sea in the wilderness area. Uh, When we go to Israel, we'll be able to see a place where the Essens were, where they uh, stayed and where they copied scriptures down. Many, many Bible scholars believe that John Baptist spent time with the Essens. Uh, they were all about body purification. They would cleanse and wash all of the time. Uh, uh, they were very, very secluded, very, very separatist, very uh, uh, strict and conservative. Uh, it, how many of y'all ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? The Dead Sea Scrolls. That is the area in the wilderness, in the desert that the essence would be and would stay. Now, the essence, which are not mentioned in scripture, was a reclusive sect who devoted most of their, most of their efforts copying the scriptures. Then we have the zealots. The zealots were a radical nationalist who sought to overthrow Rome militarily. Now the Sadducees, the Herodians and the zealots interest in religion was motivated primarily by desire for personal and political gain. Now let me say that again. The Sadducees, the Herodians, and the Zealots, interest in religion was motivated primarily by desire for personal and political gain. Therefore, because of that, consequently, consequently, it was to the scribes and the Pharisees that the people looked for religious guidance and authority, a role these leaders greatly cherished. Okay, even a lost person can see motivation in people. Can you say amen right there? And so the common people, the common people looked up to the Pharisees. You have all of these religious groups. You have all of these different groups of people. And the common people thought that, well, maybe the Pharisees were the closest to being right. 
The Pharisees were the closest to being uh, what you're supposed to be. They were very separate. And the word Pharisee means separated. Uh, They were separate from the sinner. A sinner was one who would not follow the Jewish law. They were not submissive to the Jewish law. You know, we've heard the word publicans and sinners. Publicans were the tax collectors. They were hated of the common people. Sinners were people who wouldn't uh, do anything religious. They were very uh, uh, secular. Uh, and, And so we have this group of people. We have the scribes and the Pharisees. They were, they were Jesus's greatest enemies on earth. Greatest enemies. Uh, they were motivated to destroy Jesus. They hated Jesus. They despised who he was and what he was about. Uh, they were afraid because that Jesus, when he spoke, he spoke with authority. He spoke with authority not assumed or uh, taken authority as we're going to see here in this first couple of verses here in just a minute. Now, look in verse number one. Let's, let's start today. Let's look at our outline. Verse number one, Matthew 23, verse one. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, let me say this so we're all on the same page here. We're in the last week of Jesus's life. We're in the passion week. Jesus is fixing to be crucified. He's fixing to go back to heaven. But before he leaves, he he is setting the stage. He is setting the stage. He is in Jerusalem. He's already, he's already overturned the tables in the, in the temple. How many of y'all remember we covered that? We studied that. He's already uh, done all of these things. It's just now, it's just a matter of uh, hours before he's going to be arrested and crucified. So he gives one last sermon. He has the crowd before him in the crowd are scribes in the crowd are Pharisees in the crowd are just common people in the crowd. There are the disciples. Now Jesus begins to address all of them, but specifically, excuse me, specifically the crowd, the common people and his disciples. Look what he says. Verse one, then spake Jesus to the multitude, then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his what? disciples saying the scribes and the fair. And by the way, the, the scribes and the Pharisees can hear what he's saying. Are y'all with me? Jesus did not care. Jesus was not trying to get along with anybody. Jesus was about speaking the truth. Say amen. The scribes, he looks at the crowd. I'll do it this way so we can, he says, now I want you to think about these guys over here. These guys over here, the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now, what is Moses' seat? That was, that was every synagogue had a special seat where the person who would read the scriptures, the person who would do the teaching, they always sat while they did the teaching. It was a seat of authority. Now, when Jesus is saying here, they sit in Moses' seat, he said, they've assumed it. They've taken on the role. They were not voted in and they were not appointed by God. They had no authority. Are y'all with me? Say amen. They assumed it. They, they lorded over people and they said, we're holy. We're holy. You do what we tell you to do. And they lorded over people. But really, in reality, they had no authority. They didn't speak with authority. That's why when Jesus showed up and he began to teach and he began to preach, he spoke with authority. And the people said, we never heard a man speak like this man. 
Boy, it intimidated the Pharisees. It, it scared them. They thought we're going to lose our power over the people. We're going to lose our influence over the people. We got to do something about this man. And that's why they, that's why they had him crucified. Jesus had the rightful authority. They didn't. But here's something you, you, you really need to see. Look what Jesus says about them. He says they sit in Moses' seat. All, how much? All, All therefore, whatsoever they bid you, what does he say? Observe. observe. That observe and do. Now, here's, a, here's an important part that you need to understand. How many of y'all know even a broken clock is right twice a day? It'll take some of you think about it a minute. Even a broken clock is right two times a day. Now, this is what makes, now stay with me, stay with me. It's not just a joke. I'm going somewhere. Even false teachers spit out truth every now and then. That's what makes them so dangerous. That's why people are deceived. Because they speak just enough of truth to get you hooked that they, well, they must, there must be something to what they're saying. Then they put in their opinion or what they want you to do. That's where the traditions come in. Now, a broken clock is right two times a day. Listen, what Jesus is saying here, when they speak what Moses said, do it. When they speak what Moses said, let me show you, let me show you. It says, verse number two, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, therefore, what Moses, what comes from Moses, not what comes from the tradition. And let, let, me, let me help you understand that a little bit. I'm probably going to spend too much time with this, but you really need to get this. The nation of Israel had the law and the law was enough. It's what came from Mount Sinai when God said, okay, if you're going to be my people, I'm going to have to tell you what I need you to do, how you need to live, how you need to behave. We're going to, we're going to make a people out of you. We're going to actually create a nation and you need a nation cannot be a nation without law. Say amen. amen. And so he gave them the law. He gave them the scriptures. He gave them their responsibilities. But then we know that they were conquered. They were conquered and they were took into captivity. They were took into captivity. If you've been coming on Wednesday nights, uh, we've covered this in the book of Daniel. They were taken into captivity to Babylon. Well, after a few years in Babylon, some of the parents, some of the parents, when the kids came home, they started sounding more like the Babylonians than they did the Israelis. How many of you had kids come home from school and say, what, what, where'd you hear that from? Do I have a witness? That's because they've been in school hanging out with the Babylonians. Amen. <laughs> and so the elders begin to see that their kids were acting more Babylonianish than Israeli. And they started picking up the things of the Babylonians and they were wigged out about that. So they begin to add rules. They had God's law, the Torah. Say that with me. They had God's law, the the Torah, but they said, we need to add some more to help you follow the other. Now that makes a lot of sense, don't it? I need, since you're not following the rules you have, I need to give you some more. Does that sound familiar? I need to give you some more rules, some 
extra things to help you follow God's law. Like man can improve on what God has done. Let me give you an illustration. Sabbath day. God's law. God's law. God said on the Sabbath day. See, see y'all got it. It, it didn't take a rocket scientist to get that right. On the Sabbath day. Rest. That's not complicated. Well, that's not enough. You really don't understand what that means. So we need to add some rules. We need to add some regulations so you will be able to do that. So we need you to count your steps on the Sabbath day to make sure you don't take too many steps. That's called a Sabbath day's journey. How many of y'all have heard that in the Bible? They were about a Sabbath day's journey. That meant the distance they were allowed to travel on the Sabbath day by counting their steps. Because if you took too many steps, that meant you worked and you didn't rest. Now, now, listen, this to help you to help you understand what we're talking about. How many of y'all have ever tried to do your taxes? Four brave souls in the building. How many know you got to have a Philadelphia lawyer to understand it? Well, that's what it became. That's what it became. The rules became so many and the traditions piled up so high that it was so confusing to try to follow God's law. But what Jesus is saying here, he says, if God said it, you do it. Not the tradition of men, not the extra rules that the scribes and the Pharisees came up with. Follow what Moses gave you. Because what Moses gave you, the scripture, the word of God, that has authority in your life. Now, let me say this. I know you think, oh, this is just about the past. We don't, this doesn't have nothing to do with us. Watch this. Number one, write this down. We see the responsibility of the Christian. The responsibility of the Christian, he said that observe and do whatever they say that comes from Moses, from the scriptures, from God's mouth, then we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to observe it. Two things to write these two words down. We see the source. We see the source Moses seat. In other words, what came from Moses on Mount Sinai? What came from Moses is what came from God. That is our authority. That is our responsibility. And how much of it? All of it, all of it. Now, let me, let me apply it to today. Let me apply it to today. Re- religion in Baptists, Baptists are notorious of this, especially independent Baptists, the group that I raised up with and grew up with and, and, and trained under. Uh, they were notorious for adding things. I sat under preachers who would preach against mustaches and beards. And I'm like, what did they do with the fact that Jesus had one? If Jesus attended their church, he could not preach from their pulpit. If he had a beard, he'd have to shave before he could preach. Brother Doug, they're looking at me funny. Am I telling the truth, Brother Doug? And they're still that way. Can't preach unless you have a suit on. I just happen to have one on today. Because everything else needed ironing. Amen. I don't... Tammy's not in here, is she? I hope not. Remind me not to say that in the second service. Amen. We add all this stuff. How many of y'all, come on now, how many of y'all came from a group or a movement where they were adding to scripture? You know, the Bible says dress modestly, but then they say, but you got to do this, 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 and this. You, you, you got to do, and, 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 and it gets, it becomes so overwhelming. 
You know what Jesus said? The only authority that is over you is what God said. Not what a traditionalist said, not what a, a spiritual guru said, but what God said. But ladies, let me tell you, we have a responsibility to do what God said. If God said it, we got to do it. We got to follow it. We got to live it. Look what he told Joshua. Look what he told Joshua. He said in Joshua chapter one, Joshua is fixing to take the, the, the children of Israel into the promised land. And this is what Joshua is reminded by God. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have what? Good success. If you follow the word. Psalm 1, 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. Watch this now. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Luke eleven twenty eight. But he said, yea, rather, blessed are they that... Oh, y'all don't have that one. I forgot. I added that Luke eleven twenty eight. but he said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it and keep it. James 1, 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only be doers of the word and not hearers only preacher. What are you saying? I'm saying Jesus is reminding everyone, whatever God said, do it. The only authority that I have over you, I, my, my office is not an authority over you. What I, my opinion is not an authority over you. But when I say, thus saith the Lord, then we have a responsibility and an obligation to fulfill it, follow it, and do it. Only what God said. Only what God said. There was a time in, in the history of Temple Baptist Church where we had to adjust because we had more rules than Jesus. I'm, I'm just telling you a fact. We had to come to a place that if God said it, we're going to say it. If God's quiet about it, we're going to stay quiet about it. We used to make everybody, if you was in the choir, you had to wear a dress and you had to wear a suit and tie. We're well, not necessarily a tie or a suit, but you had to wear a tie. Now, here's the problem with that. I, I like that because I like, I just like ties and suits. I like all that stuff. But if I have to make you to do it, I don't have no verse for that. And there's a lot of people didn't like that. Well, I, I, I disagree with that. Well, find me a verse where I can say you have to do this and then we'll do it. You see where we're getting problems here? And see, when we don't have scripture from what we're trying to produce, then it comes in opinions and preferences. And opinions and preferences have no authority. And see, the problem is, the problem is we have a problem with mankind. We like our preference. We like our opinion. And when it begins to take matters, we, we begin to fall toward what we like and not necessarily what God said. So we have a responsibility. And before Jesus leaves this earth, he reminds him, the only authority over you is what God said. 
Not what the, not what the scribes say, not what the Pharisees said, not what their opinions are, not what they prefer. None of their traditions, only what God gave Moses, which would mean this right here that you have in your lap. This is the only authority over you. Church, say amen. amen. Now he turns to the Pharisees. Now, now he reminds them first, basically do what the Bible says. Follow the scriptures. Follow the scriptures. Say that with me. Say it again. But then he, he says this. He begins to reveal the counterfeit. He begins to reveal the counterfeit. Look what he says. Verse three. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you, keep in mind, coming from Moses' seat. In other words, what Moses gave. He says, observe. In other words, be obedient to it that observe and do, but watch this, but do not ye after their, now watch what was their works. He explains it for they say and do not. How did he reveal? We see the revelation of the counterfeit. What did he reveal? Their manner, their manner, the way they were. You say, what were they preacher? They would say. And, oh, I lost some folks right there. They would say, and in other words, they sure like to preach it, but they didn't like to practice it. You know what make, (laughs) you know what Jesus said you are if you preach it, but don't practice it? A hypocrite. Now the lost world out there, the lost world will tell you if you give them a Bible verse, if they're, if they're living a certain way or behaving a certain way and you say, listen, you shouldn't do that. If you give them a Bible verse and you say, listen, God said this, this is not the way you should live. They'll say, well, you're just being a hypocrite. That's not being a hypocrite. You can proclaim truth and you can point out error. The Bible tells us to point out error, but the Bible says to practice what you preach. Now here's what a hypocrite is. Uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that, but then I go and do it. Are y'all with me? Or we say you should do this, but then I don't. Then I don't. If you tell your kids to make God a priority and you don't. And by the way, I don't know if y'all recognize this or not, but little people can point out a hypocrite a mile away. Don't think they don't know. Don't think they don't know whether God is a priority in your life. Don't think they don't know if God is not important in your life. Don't be one who says and don't do. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Listen, that's why, that's why when we, anytime we have a campaign or anytime we have a project, listen, our staff is going to lead the way. We're not going to ask you to give and us not give. We're not going to ask you to serve and us not serve. We're not going to ask you to do anything and us not lead the way. Jesus always led the way. Jesus was the first one up the ladder. Jesus was the one who took off his coat and washed the disciples' feet. Jesus is the one who walked humbly on this earth and served and gave his life a ransom before he ever told you to sacrifice your life before he ever told you to, to be what the new Testament says, humble yourself and, and, and be a living sacrifice. He died on the cross. He led the way, but a counterfeit won't a counterfeit is good at saying, but they're not good at doing. They're good at practicing or excuse me, preaching, but they're not good at practicing. Are y'all with me? Say amen. 
He said, don't do that. You know why the, you know why the conversation with the gentleman on the airplane was so difficult? You know why the conversation on, you remember I told you when I was on the airplane this week with that gentleman? Because he saw so many who claimed to be a Christian live completely opposite of what they claim. They were good at saying, but they were not good at doing. I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I've sat to wee hours of the morning witnessing to somebody, sharing faith with somebody, trying and begging and pleading with somebody to be saved. And they kept coming back with, but what about so-and-so? He goes to church and, and he's, he, he, he got baptized and he did, but then he'll come over here and he'll, he'll drink and cuss and raise cane and do all of this kind of stuff. And it makes our job 10 times harder. I'll tell you what, it's not sinners that make it hard to reach sinners. It's, it's supposedly saved people who live like sinners. I'm not saying saved people are going to be perfect. None of us going to be perfect. We're going to be different. Man, it's quiet today. What in the world y'all do for Thanksgiving, amen? You a counterfeit? Do people hear you preach, but then they observe what you practice? And your practice don't line up with your preaching? Jesus said, don't do that. Don't be like them. Don't follow that behavior. Don't follow that pattern Don't follow that example. If they say what it says coming from Moses, coming from scripture, then observe that and do, but don't do like they do. They're good at putting down rules. They're good at putting down regulations. They're good at giving responsibilities to other people that they're not even willing to touch with their finger. Amazing. Their manner. He reveals their manner. Then then B, look at this. He reveals their motivation. He reveals their motivation. Look what he says. Verse five. Verse five. But all their works, in other words, everything that they do, all of this, their religious activity, all of their works they do for to be. Uh Uh-oh. Everybody say it. But all their works they do for to be. Look at me. Look at me. They make broad their phylacteries. And enlarge the borders of their garments. I got a picture for you. I got a picture for you. Look at this picture here. A phylactery was a box. It was a box that they would put on their forehead. And they would also strap it to their arm, their forehand. Now, what is that about? In the Old Testament, God told them to write God's word on their forehead and on their hand. Now, it was symbolic. In other words, God was saying, whatever you think, let it be filtered through scripture. Whatever's going through your mind, let it be filtered through scripture. Whatever your hand does, let it be filtered through the word of God. Don't think anything. Don't do anything that's not filtered through God's word. If that makes sense, amen. But you see, we've got, we got to be, we got to have something touchable. So what they did, they built little boxes and they would put little bitty scriptures in the box and put it on their forehead. I mean, they just took it literal. God didn't mean it literal, but they took it literal. So they walked around with a box on their forehead. Now what the Pharisees did, what the Pharisees did, they started making their boxes bigger and bigger and bigger. 
Why? Because they wanted everybody to think they were spiritual. And the bigger box they had, man, that dude must be spiritual. He's got a block on his head. Are y'all with me? Now, who's going to see the big box? Everyone else. Everyone else. And so what they did, they kept making their, bo- their, their phylacteries bigger, but then they had the tassels. They had the tassels. You got the other picture? That's a tassel that was on their garments. Listen, and, and, and so what they did, the fringes, the tassels there, they started making them bigger around and longer. So the more, the bigger your tassel was and, and the, the more spiritual you was in their eyes. And it was all for show. All for show. Now, watch this. What were they saying? Look at me. Look at me. They were attention hounds. They wanted glory. Now, this is a problem. Because the Bible says that God will share his home. He will share his love. He will share his power. He will share his son. He will share his grace and his mercy. But there's one thing he will not share. That is his. Can you imagine what God thought about them? Do you realize, see, we've got this thing, we got this whole thing messed up. Everybody look at me. I know this this is not really exciting. I'm not shouting and jumping up and sweating everything, but we need to get this. Because God was not made for you, you were made for him. God wasn't, God wasn't made to, to be a bellhop to you, to be a servant to you, to, be, to give you your wishes and desires. He's not a genie in a lamp somewhere. You were designed and created by God to the sole purpose of bringing him glory. And when you walk around and want people to look at you and look what you do and look what you are and, and what you've given or what you've accomplished or what you do, You're stealing glory from God. How many of y'all remember the name Ananias and Sapphira? Anybody remember that name? Ananias and Sapphira. They were the two people in the New Testament. Go read the book of Acts. Listen, God moved in the New Testament. God moved in the New Testament. People got touched by God and they really wanted to do something to be a blessing. And they had lands and houses. They would sell the lands and houses and they would bring the money to the disciples so they could distribute to the people in need and whatever the need was. Well, Ananias and Sapphira saw all that. Say, well, we got some houses. We got some stuff we can sell. Let's go sell it. Well, they kept back part of the price and stuck it in their pocket and came and acted like they gave it all. But guess what? God was watching. And Peter said, what are you doing? It was yours. It was yours before you gave it. You didn't have to sell it, first off. You didn't have to give any of it. You could have gave whatever you wanted, but you came in here as a hypocrite. You came in here wanting everybody to think that you gave it what were they doing? Look at. You know what God did to him? He killed him. He didn't kill him because they held back some of the price. They didn't have to give any of it. He killed him because they were trying to steal his. God takes that kind of serious, y'all. And when you walk around and you want people to look at you because you're, you're, you're dressed right. 
I grew up in a movement that was very outwardly focused. Ladies had dresses down to the floor, up to their neck. Men had suits on and, and, and they walked around and on the outside, they, they had the look. But on the inside, they were wicked as hell. With gossip, hold grudges, be judgmental, self-righteous. They would, they would compare themselves to others. And, and, but see, here's a problem. You're not going to be compared to others. You're going to stand before God like Isaiah. In the very beginning of Isaiah's book, he is saying, woe to you, woe to y'all, woe to him, woe to her, woe to everybody. And then the Bible says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. God gave him a vision of his holiness and his glory. And you know what he said then? Woe is... You don't need to be going around judging anybody, woeing anybody. Better look in the mirror and say, woe is me. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. If all you can do is see the sins of others, if all you can do is see what others are wearing or not wearing or doing or not doing, you got a problem, you're a counterfeit. I'll be honest with you. I don't have time to look at everybody else. I got too many sins in my own life I'm dealing with. I don't have time to cut somebody else's grass. Mine's, hello? Anyway, let me hurry. Y'all are loving this so well. Look at me. Look at me. That's their motivation. Look at me. Look at me. They did everything they did to be seen of men. Then lastly, look at the reminder to the committed. They love titles. They love positions. They love to be called master. They love the, 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 the most important seats. They wanted everybody to think they were it. He said, don't be like that. Don't be like them. He said, matter of fact, verse 11 and 12. But he that is greatest, say it with me. But he that is greatest. among you shall be your what? Servant. Servant. Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Two things here. Here's a reminder to the committed. First, greatness is determined by your actions. Greatness is determined by your actions, not your title. Did y'all hear what I said? Greatness is determined by your actions, not your title. Not your, your status. Not the amount of your wealth. Not who you know. Greatness is determined by whether you serve. Jesus said the greatest is going to be the servant. Why do you think Jesus took off his outer garment, put on the towel and wash their feet? He said, if I be your Lord and master, do this. How much more should you do this? You going to serve? Greatness is not determined by what you can get people to do for you. Greatness is determined by what you do for others. Isn't that totally backwards in the world we live in, church? Everybody wants to be significant. Everybody wants to be important. Everybody wants to have some sense of authority. Everybody wants to have some sense of notoriety, uh, uh, some sense of, of importance. When God says, just serve people, just serve. Greatness is determined by your willingness to serve. 
Not only is greatness determined by your actions, it's determined by your attitude. Greatness is determined by your attitude. He says, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be. First Peter five. Likewise, ye younger submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. (laughs) Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Did y'all hear that? No reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, but watch what happens. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven, everything in earth, everything under the earth, everything is going to bow down to the name of Jesus. But he humbled himself first. Before God put the crown on Jesus' head, he humbled himself. He took a cross before he ever wore a crown. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to be great? Don't be like them. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the counterfeits. Don't be like the people who preach but don't practice. Don't be like the people who are judgmental and all they can do is see what other people are doing or not doing. Look in the mirror and say, I don't have time to focus on nobody else. I got enough problems of my own self. Oh God, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer, I humble my... And by the way, if you're a child of God and you don't humble yourself, he will humble you. I don't know about you. Did anybody ever, anybody, and I'm done, I'm done. Did anybody ever have a parent that said, go get a switch? What a conundrum that was. You didn't want it to be too good a stick, but then you wouldn't want it to be too bad a stick either because then they would go get it. Are y'all with me? Let me tell you something. It, it, it's, 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 it's not good English, but we said, ain't nobody he can't save. Listen, it's more better to humble yourself than to have to let God do it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. 